And some ways I wonder if it's more than that. I wonder if it is because I am dealing with the grief and because I am starting to love myself and having these friendships. Could that also be a part of what is making me feel better physically? It's interesting the the mind and body connection in that way. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, I agree. And that's really, I like what you're saying there because I haven't really thought about that side of it, but I, yeah, my life has really sort of improved emotionally over the last couple of years from the connections I've made. And certainly, yeah, the end of last year and this year, I am a lot happier within myself. And yeah, it is due to the connections. So yeah, that's a really lovely thing to have said. Hello and welcome to the Full Stop Podcast, a childish community podcast with Michael Hughes, Berenice Smith and me, Sarah Lawrence. If you're new to this podcast, we're here to delve beneath the surface of the childish identity, to cover what's going on in the wider community and to look at the topics that really affect us. Our goal is to help and support those of you out in the community by sharing the stories and the voices that make up our narrative so that you too can begin to find yours. We also aim to inform and educate those who aren't members of our community so that they can begin to understand and support those people in their lives who are facing life without children. In this episode, we're joined by Nina Thayer and Danielle Haynes, both of whom are friends and have shared experience of physical disability. We speak to them about what impacts them and how their lives have been affected by their childlessness. This is a powerful episode and as with all others is unscripted and this conversation went in many different directions, a lot of it unexpected too. I won't give any spoilers but this episode affected us all and those of you that were in the live audience. So sit back, relax and enjoy this episode all about how we can have a little bit more understanding for those of us in the community that have physical disabilities. So Danielle and Nina, who are you and what do you do? Okay, I will go first. I'm Danielle, and I am based in the southeastern part of the United States in the state called North Carolina. And um, so how I came to be childless, it started, um, my story probably goes back to like age 12 is when I became chronically ill. I attended a bonfire with friends and unbeknownst to them, they were burning poison ivy and it turned into poison ivy inhalation, um, a pretty severe reaction to that, where I was hospitalized for about a week and they weren't sure if I was going to make it. Um, And from there, it just kind of spiraled into chronic pain. I was missing a lot of school um, and it just became very hard for me to move around to keep up with my peers. I um, ended up graduating high school a year late, did a lot of homeschooling. Um, College was much the same. It took me 11 years to finish my four-year degree. Um, Just so much starting and stopping. And at that time, I was diagnosed only with fibromyalgia, which it took three years to get that diagnosis. after um, after age 12, so I was 15 by that point. And, and some of the symptoms just did not fit as I, as I got older. Um, I just, I knew that there was something more going on. I didn't know what it was. Um, and seeing specialist after specialist, I was, wasn't getting the answers that I needed um, until, until 2012 when things just 
took a nosedive, <laughs> um, for lack of a better word. I got to the point that I was just unrelentingly dizzy. Um, I was working at the time full time and it got to where I didn't trust myself to drive. I, I was just um, walking around my home, bouncing into walls and, and having trouble bathing. And I, I didn't know what was going on. Um, and uh, I remember flying out of the Dallas airport um, to Texas to visit some family members actually for for a belated wedding reception there. Um, and I wasn't feeling well during that trip, but on the flight home in the airport, I got to where I just couldn't stand. I, I just collapsed on the ground and I realized I can't, I cannot walk to the bathroom. I just can't make it. Um, and I just kind of <laughs> a puddle of tears on the floor. Um, and that was the first time that I had to use a wheelchair and, um, from there, the diagnoses just kind of piled on. I was diagnosed with postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome um, that uh, we use the abbreviation POTS for those of you who have heard of that. Um, and it is basically um, a malfunctioning of the autonomic nervous system. So it controls my heart rate, my blood pressure, bladder function, digestive functions, um, anything your body might do automatically mine does it a little differently. Um, and, and, you know, um, from there, some of the episodes that I was having started not fitting with that diagnosis. And then it was, okay, now you have chronic migraine with brain stimulus, which doesn't look like most people's migraines because you're not experiencing piercing head pain. You're experiencing passing out. You're experiencing slurred speech and drooping face. And, in coordination where you can't hold your body upright. And these were happening multiple times a day. And and then the times that they weren't happening, there was that hangover effect, right? Of I've just had a migraine, even though I didn't have the head pain and I can't function the rest of the day. And I have the POTS. So work was out of the question. Walking far distances was out of the question. Anywhere I went, it was with a walker, a wheelchair. Um, I had just bought a house the year before I got these diagnoses and I, my bedroom was on the top floor and it was um, no longer feasible to walk upstairs. So um, had to downsize there. It, it just changed my entire life. Um, and I think, you know, like most of us, I had dreamed of being a mom from a very young age. And there was always that, that hope that whatever illness I have going on is going to get better at some point, right? It's going to get better enough because I'm seeing all these doctors. I'm seeing some of the top doctors in my area for these things. I'm traveling places to see specialists. And then when the diagnoses just kept piling on, it was how, how do I deal with this? How, how is my life looking so differently than I thought it was going to? And how am I ever going to take care of someone else if I'm needing help taking care of myself? Um, and that is basically, um, how I came to the realization that I couldn't have kids. Um, in 2021, my sister-in-law was pregnant, uh, for the second time. And I just remember feeling like there's this stark contrast between her life and my life. And I'm on the outside and I'm observing that. And she had had a child, my niece in 2015, um, or 2016, sorry, forgetting their age. But, um, and I remember thinking at that time, it's probably not going to work out for me to have kids. Um, 
but I was like, okay, I'm still pretty young. I've got some time and I'm just going to hold out that little sliver of hope that I'm going to get better. And by 2021, I was like, I've been holding out hope for a really long time and things are not, they're not getting better enough. Any improvement is too small. And I just felt like I was living in this limbo space. And there was a part of me that felt as much as it pained me to think of not becoming a mom. It was also very painful to just keep hoping and hating my life as it was. And um, I remember just Googling frantically one night, is there anyone like me? Are there any other childless people who are struggling with illness or who are struggling in some way? And I stumbled upon Jody Day's work, read her book, um, you know, cover to cover, probably in a span of like three days, joined Gateway Women at the time and um, found you all and listened to all the, the back episodes. And I just, yeah, I just kind of fell into the community and it felt like, oh, this is where I fit. And maybe even though I can't see it now because I'm in this complete depression um, and struggling to just even sleep and, you know, function, maybe they're will be a time where I won't feel this way. That's my story. Thank you, Danielle. Thank you so very much. Thank you. Thank you. Nina, would you like to share yours? Yeah. Thank you, Danielle, for sharing all of that. That's kind of given me the confidence to go for it with mine. I'm not sure I'm going to do it quite so eloquently, but yeah, I'm Nina. Um, I've got secondary progressive MS. And I kind of, I'm childless and I happen to be disabled. I'm disabled and I happen to be childless. Um, I feel that people presume I'm childless because I'm disabled. Um, that's not the case at all. I'll talk about my childlessness journey in a minute. But yeah, the two are definitely intertwined. Um, but the reason I'm childless is because my ex didn't want children and two years into our relationship I started I developed MS so I met my ex in 2000 um, and a few months into our relationship I talked about wanting children and he said oh I don't want children and I just was just like, no, that's not going to be the case. I'll change his mind. He'll change his mind. It will all be fine. Um, and stuck with it, thinking I would change his mind. And I spent 15 years with him until I was 42. Um, all my childbearing years. And he never changed his mind. And, yeah, it was difficult. We spent the whole time with me desperately wanting children and arguing about it. You know, I've never, ever had a positive conversation with someone about getting pregnant and wanting children. You know, I've never been through a process of um, trying to have children and all the rest of it. So that's something that I feel I've really missed out on is the opportunity to, yeah, share the journey 
you know, I've got no idea whether I can become pregnant. I could have had children. I have no idea. I never had the chance to try. And then so 2002, I was 30. I was on a ski trip. And I so I was a teacher and I was taking a whole group of um, sort of 16, 17 year olds skiing in America. Um, and actually it was Canada. And my right leg stopped working from the knee down. And I just presumed it was a ski injury. And obviously, because my leg was in a ski boot the whole time, it actually, unbelievably, I was rubbish at skiing, but unbelievably, I could still ski, despite the fact that my leg wasn't working from the knee down. Um, And got back, and two weeks later, I was falling over and all sorts. So I went to the doctor and said, look, I hurt my knee when I was skiing. And the doctor said to me, I don't think it's a ski injury. I think it's something to do with your spinal cord. Um, And it then took two years to get a diagnosis of MS. And it developed very slowly. Um, And I just continued with life as normal, worked full time as a teacher and did so for 22 years with MS. Um, So, yes, so the childlessness and the MS... I feel are very much linked. I feel the development of my MS and the progress are linked to the grief of childlessness. And that's something I can look at with hindsight and something I've learned from um, other childless women with chronic illnesses that, yes, the symptoms worsen um, when significant things happen in your life and just the grief and the pain. Um, So, yes, I had a very difficult relationship with my partner and we argued a lot. And then, of course, as soon as I was diagnosed with MS, it was another reason for him not to have children. You know, this kind of idea that I wouldn't be able to cope with having children when I believed, I still believe rightly, that I would have been absolutely fine. You know, I could have had children. I still don't know. Part of me is unsure as to whether I would have developed MS and whether it would have progressed as it has if I had children. I'll never know. But there's always that question And then 2018, so my ex left me in 2015. um, And I then got a job as an assistant head for a pupil referral unit, which was amazing. It was a non-teaching job. And by this time, I was kind of using a powered wheelchair. So I'd spent 20 years, really, with my MS developing. Before that, I could walk. And then 2018, I... I had a friend who was in a group that gave each other a lot of support for his own reasons. And I was like, I want that. I want a community around me that is going through what I'm going through, which is childlessness. Um, And so I Googled childlessness and up popped 
Gateway Women, and there was a Reignite weekend in London. And that was the first thing I did was um, go on to the Reignite weekend. I didn't join Gateway Women. I had no real knowledge of what it was. I just went straight on to the Reignite weekend, um, which was amazing. And then three days after I got back from that, I was hospitalised and I never walked again. So the grief that came out, I mean, I cannot, I can't imagine that there is not a direct link to, between all of the grief that came out through that week, reignite weekend and me ending up in hospital and never walking again. Um you know, my MS was progressing and getting worse, but all of a sudden it was just, I just couldn't cope. I couldn't live in my flat. So, yeah, so that was, well, maybe five, six years ago now. And, yeah, so I went from being sort of, you wouldn't know I had MS to using walking sticks to walking framed to a wheelchair occasionally and now I'm quite severely disabled and, yeah, happen to be childless. And I'm much more connected with the childless community than I am with the disabled community. I know very few disabled people. Um, I've never really connected. I do sort of have friends with MS, but I have far more friends that are childless and I'm much closer to the childless community and it's really important to me. So, yes, that's kind of my story. I hope that makes sense. But, yeah, it's that going back to the beginning, childless and happen to be disabled, disabled and happen to be childless, but there's no doubt that the two are also intertwined and connected. So, yeah. Thank you, Nina. Thank you very much for that. Thank you. I was avidly reading your blog again. Um, I'll just say how excellent it is. Nina is .home .blog, um is Nina's website and it's incredible. And I love your honesty. In fact, one of the things that came across in that was when you were talking about going on holiday because you're extremely well-travelled. Um, yeah. yeah. You were talking about sitting away from the people that you were traveling with and that worry about that comes across as well in your individuality and it does feel like both of you despite what you've been through have found these connections within the childless community that feel quite powerful for you both yeah absolutely definitely I mean the best friendships I have now I sort of realized I turned 50 last year and yeah, I've made friendships through, so Bindi's meditation classes. So I know Berenice and Danielle through those classes. And yeah, so I turned 50, realised I've made all these friendships. And in my late 20s and 30s, all my friends were making new friendships through being new mums. And it's taken until my 50 50s to be able to make new friends that I really value and connect with 
Not that I don't value and connect with my mum friends. Of course I do. I love them to bits. But to have come to this new sort of community in my 50s is amazing. And, yeah, it's really special. It's a very different kind of friendship that I have with my childless friends, definitely. I love how we will know each other through Bindi's group, but also actually what, yeah. what I love is that occasionally there'll be some theme will pop up. Not the three theme, but it will be perhaps some sort of life event um, going on in the wider world. I'm particularly thinking of the coronation. <laughs> when the, you, you and I just sat there going, no, no. Oh, my <laughs> and God. Like we're kind of like outliers there going, reveling against something. And it just makes me laugh every time. It's really absolutely to have that connection, which I get through your blog as well. I'm kind of sit there and read some of the things you write about. You know, certainly about the love and the rage post that you posted a while ago. I love that completely. And there's a lot mm. there as well. Thank yeah. you, Berenice. Yeah, I really appreciate that. I do love writing. When it comes, it just kind of it's really cathartic just and to get it all out. You write beautifully. I have to say it's, it is it's you. I hear your words, I hear your voice when I read it. I know it's you writing it. You you write very authentically, but it's very moving. But some of it just makes me laugh as well. You, you've got this beautiful sense of humour that just makes me laugh. So, yeah. Aww. Thank you, Veronice. <laughs> yeah, you're a brilliant writer, Nina. Just fantastic. I have often wished um, that I could capture what it's like to live with illness and the weird experiences that that other people can't relate to though the wanting to be to be separate from others and connected but not connected only based on illness I think that that's one of the things that I have loved so much about the childless community like you were talking about I think growing up for me it was so much I'm the sick friend right everyone knows that I'm the person with illness and as I aged it was just more of that and, and so I was left out of a lot of things. And this is honestly the first space, Bindi's classes, the friendships that I've made where I actually am like, oh, I feel like I belong here and I'm not only known for my health. And it's just a really special feeling. And everyone here is so gentle and kind. And it amazes me how rarely we actually talk about our grief and our childlessness, how everyone is so well-rounded and interesting on their own and we share this deep connection because of the grief and because of what we wanted in our life and we can touch on that and yet there's so much more yeah absolutely and I feel that you and I really connected Danielle kind of through our health through the fact that we both had health issues but then like you say it's so much more than that and you know everyone's just nice people and friendly and we've got more going on in our lives than having children and yeah it, it is a really special connection and I'm really grateful for it most definitely and yeah I feel I wish you weren't so far away because I feel really lucky to have been able to make connections in Brighton, um, you know, face-to-face, in-person connections. Um, again, with Bindi, and I'm really lucky to live 
close to Bindi. And so we're really good friends and have started sort of social gatherings and meetups every month with women, not just from Brighton, people come from all over. Um, and yeah, like you say, Danielle, it's those conversations that are just so much more than the grief and the childlessness and health issues. You know, I kind of, everyone helps me out when I'm in a cafe and we're having a meetup and I need my cup put down or I need a drink of water, but I'm not there because I'm disabled. And the fact that I'm disabled is, you know, I kind of, it's not an issue at all. And nobody really, you know, it's not a big deal. It's about friendship and we have a real laugh. And Berenice talking about the coronation. Oh my God. One of the, I think it was just after the coronation, we were having a, um, get together we were having the most outrageous conversation about the royal family um and just in absolute hysterics about it and being really quite rude and inappropriate and <laughs> I it was brilliant that you would <laughs> oh my god it wasn't just me though I promise and you would have loved it Berenice definitely <laughs> But, yeah, but it is. That's the wonderful thing about it, isn't it? That actually, that we've got this thing in common, as you say, that's big, that's that, that, that's completely different. And actually, it's the only group. You are probably one of the few people, Sarah aside, that I will say Sarah too. But actually, we've been able to have that kind of honest conversation about what we felt about that occasion. Obviously, other yes. people feel differently, which is totally fine. But what's lovely is that you can have these shared conversation, and people will go, "Well, I think you're being outrageous." And then you move on, and it's fine. It's okay. Absolutely. There's so much more diversity, I think, in this community, it feels, than perhaps out there in the big world, because we've all been through, individually, everyone's been through enough um, to not make it worse for people when they arrive in this space, but to welcome them in, I guess. I would have loved that conversation, Nima. I know you would. I need to. I, I need to hear it to Brighton as well, because I also need to to discuss the <laughs> flamingos as well, because you obviously got what the the Fabergé flamingo. <laughs> oh my goodness! Yes, me and flamingos. Yeah. Yeah. But yes. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was going to ask. It's um, it's so interesting, isn't it? Uh, what I hear from you, Nina, is there's this box and then there's this box. But actually being part of this community takes you out of those boxes. So you, you can have this um, this conversation, which sounds ph- phenomenal. I'll be honest, I'm, I'm not a royalist. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, but as Berenice knows, I've had a rant and a rave about the amount of money that was spent. But hey, um, but it just sounds really like you get to just be then. It's not a, yeah. I'm not this and I'm not that. I'm just with a bunch of people and I can just be myself absolutely yeah that's completely it it really is just yeah just a group of women that are all just getting on and having a laugh and having a moan and you know it's not all fun and laughter but a lot of it is a lot of it is just having a chat and getting on and I think it's the same within the meditation class as well we're all quite different and we've all got very different life experiences and journeys but it's just you can just completely and utterly be yourself 
And I think it's the only time, I mean, I think I'm always authentic, but it's the only time that I can really be totally relaxed and authentic and not have to think about what I'm saying. Maybe I should think more sometimes about what I say about the royalty. But anyway, but I can just relax and say what I want. Yeah. What about you, Danielle? Do you kind of have face-to-face connections or friendship connections in your area at all? I do. Um, Yeah, recently within, um, let's see, I think I've met up with a few women um, who are childless. Um, It wasn't organized by me. It was organized by um, another woman in our, um, in Lighthouse Women. Women. So there's four of us and um, we have met together, I think three times now and it's fabulous. I love it. Um, It's just, it, you know, it started with us talking so much about our childlessness and then it really did expand to other things. And um, we do have so much laughter when we're together. That's not to say that if given the opportunity, I would move to the UK because I would be there in a heartbeat if I could. Um, and I'm looking into possibilities of that in the future. Uh, but but yes, I do find that I do have some strong connections here as well, which are really lovely. And it is, you know, it was really touching when you were talking about the meditation because I think, I think what that has brought out for me is not only the sense of community, but it's the first time that that I really feel like I've started to like myself. And I think part of that is going deep with the meditation, but a lot of it is just being around people who see something different in me and who not only bring out the best in me, but kind of reflect who I am, like the words that you all have about me and the encouragement that I receive from you and how loved I feel. I'm like, oh, maybe, maybe there is something in me that's lovable. And it has really expanded for me, my idea of myself and just made me just a happier person. And um, I, I found it so interesting, Nina, when you were talking about how you really feel like your MS and your grief are linked and how your grief, you know, m- played a huge role in kind of progressing your MS to the point that it is, you think. And and I can see where that might happen. And I think for me, what I'm noticing, and um, we can get more into it later if we want to, that I am starting to feel better physically lately. And, you know, I've, I've had a surgery, which helps a lot with the migraines. But I think in some ways, I wonder if it's more than that. I wonder if it is because I am dealing with the grief and because I am starting to love myself and having these friendships, could that also be a part of what is making me feel better physically? It's interesting, the the mind and body connection in that way. Yeah, and absolutely. Would... Yeah, no, I agree. And that's really, I like what you're saying there, because I haven't really thought about that side of it. But I, yeah, my life has really sort of improved emotionally over the last couple of years from the connections I've made and certainly yeah the end of last year and this year I am a lot happier within myself and yeah it is due to the connections so yeah that's a really lovely thing to have said and hearing yeah we do we sort of support each other and it's nice to hear nice things and be able to say nice things to others as well because I think as a group, we're pretty bad at 
recognising our own value. And we do point it out to each other. And I think that's a really lovely thing that we do for each other. And it's not kind of contrived. It's just genuine of like, yeah, you are amazing. You really are amazing. And it is quite inspirational to see other people's journeys and hear about other people's stories. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I was thinking yesterday I wrote Bernice and Nina, or maybe it was the day before, and I said, oh, you both make my heart so happy. And I thought, oh, my gosh, is that overboard? Like, are they going to think I'm nuts for saying this? Because with uh, with other friendships, I'm like, I'm not sure I would feel that comfortable expressing how happy you both make me. Um, and I knew that I could put it out there <laughs> with you all and you would understand and you wouldn't think I was crazy for for loving yeah. these connections so much. I thought it was lovely. It it just it moved me completely. I just sat there and and it and it, it brings it home sometimes. I think it, it works in in a different way for us because what we've found when we were doing the podcast before we started the, the online community that supports it was that we were obviously talking to our guests. And we had a connection at the time when we did the recording and probably in some emails back and forth beforehand, we might have met them somewhere in that way that we all kind of bump into each other sometimes. Um, but there was, it's all quite isolated. And now what we've found is that, of course, the community means that people get a chance to talk to us behind the scenes, actually in the community and interact with some of the stuff that goes on in there as much or as little as they want to. But also it becomes more like it's more of a two-way thing because we get the benefit of that too. It's reinvigorated us. So this morning before before everyone joined and before both of you came in as our guests, we had a, a chat and we we were for an hour, the hour went very quickly. It's meant to be an admin meeting, but actually it just turns into this great kind of mosh of sharing ideas for what else we can do with the fourth stop. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. And that actually is because we get feedback. But this episode feels so very special to me um, because it's you two. Um it just does, you know, I'm sitting here trying really hard not to get too emotional because, <laughs> but it's really hard because actually you made such a difference to my life as well. I think that's the wonderful thing. We all turn up to do meditation and if one of us is missing, so for example, this week, Nina, I know that you, last week rather, you made the, a different class to me and I said, and actually there's another person who goes to it too, so Nina's not here. <laughs> it was almost as if like with and we did oh I was used to you we went on holiday we, we managed fine um but you still have a gap you know there's a yeah. space someone isn't and then we all drop in drop out because Bindi just generously does classes through different time zones so we don't always see each other it's more than just a meditation and in fact sometimes you might have a really rubbish week where you don't meditate um this last week, I spent most of my meditation in the garden with a poorly dog. So I went back in at the end and was just like, well, we always spent a bit bad, really. And that's what it was. But actually, the fact that we just share that and there's a conversation there and it's much deeper than just turning up. So, yeah, you, if you find different things, I guess there's something out there for everybody. If it isn't meditation, there's something else out there that it does something. And, you know, we, we welcome we welcome all through our doors to to learn more and to hear the stories as well. 
this is a very powerful one so thank you it landed beautifully danielle um making your heart happy is just i'm going to take that and i'm going to put that somewhere for the days when i think what am i doing here because it yeah. is awful lot to me too so yeah and i know it will do to michael and to sarah yeah so we aim yeah the minute I read that, Danielle, I was just like, oh, my God, that's it. Those yeah. are the words that say it. That's exactly how it makes me feel. Yeah. yeah. It was perfect. It was really perfect. So thank you for those words. Yeah. yeah really lovely. Yeah. You write good words too, Danielle. You do. You write beautifully as well. I was yeah. always bothering people to say do write more because I think, you know, the storytelling it's however you do it it's just a wonderful thing because people learn in all sorts of ways I think in one of the the messages we had it was that your words will chime with somebody and they yeah. will they always do it's surprising how many people come to this space with so many different stories we're always uncovering them and asking people to come in and share them because that's the wonderful thing about the full stop is we can do that for you so yeah amazing yeah, I was going to say, when you were talking about, started talking about writing, Danielle, that, I mean, I very much write for myself. I can't write imagining anyone's going to be reading it. Although I know that I am going to click publish and people are going to read it. But I just write in the moment. I'm kind of writing for myself. And yeah, it feels so good to get it out. And then you kind of find a voice within your writing you just kind of find your voice within it and it is a really amazing process it's exhausting there's no doubt about it because I have to dictate as well I can't type so I'm dictating so it's speaking it out so it's a really and then editing it is complicated and all the rest of it but it's yeah it's a really rewarding process and yeah something definitely worth doing I would say yeah yeah I have um always had an interest in writing and I tend to on social media especially Facebook and stuff over the years write these snippets and I get all these all this feedback of you should really do something with this you should have a blog you should write more um and I was an English major and I thought that one day I would write, you know, and do something with it. And I think it was just overcoming the brain fog and overcoming the fact that it does take a lot of extra effort than in, I don't know how it is for most writers, perhaps everyone struggles with getting words out, but I feel very much like this is taking so much energy from me and is it worth it? Um, and then the times that I have written and shared things that were very personal to me, especially about my childlessness or something like that, I realized I experienced this vulnerability kind of hangover, as Brene Brown would say, where I'm just like, I have shared too much of myself with an audience that I am not sure understands what I'm saying. And I don't know how much of myself I want to put out in the world. And I think that that's something that I probably just need to sit with a bit more and figure out where are the safe spaces for me to share and 
what point am I at where I might be comfortable sharing more of myself, not knowing what I'm going to get back in return. Cause I think, you know, I put, I put my story out there to all of my friends and family pretty early on, um, into my grief. And then I needed to take a step back and realize that was too much. I'm not, I'm not ready for that yet. I'm not ready to have people on the other end, read it and not respond or read it and respond in a different way. And than I am expecting. And even if they had a great response, it felt like it was forgotten so quickly, whereas I was still living with the grief. And I think that, um, yeah, I think I'll just need to give some more thought to it. But I do like the idea of writing for myself and not writing necessarily with the idea, um, you know, at least not at the forefront of whether, whether it's for someone else, perhaps mm -hmm. just, it might be cathartic just to get things out on paper. Yeah. I'm very struck by kind of what you said, and I'm trying to I'm trying to find a way to synopsize it. But I was really struck by your both of you sort of talking about connecting with your emotions and your feelings and connecting with people and being able to be almost heart led. What you said, um, Danielle to Berenice and Nina felt very heart led rather than cognitive, if that makes sense. And there's this sense of you both, I guess, in a way, finding your voice, your words, turning up as you without all of the other boxes and being seen and accepted. And you both sort of have alluded to the fact that in in your body, you kind of feel better or there's a sense of rightness around it. Is there, has, is there a sense then, and this is going to sound odd and put me back in my box if it doesn't sound right, but there's a sense that your childlessness and what predates your childlessness, you know, your your health problems, has kind of brought you to a place of being more complete in a weird way. Does that make sense? I, I can't couldn't find yeah. it words. It does make sense. Um, did you want to speak first, or you no? Okay go for me? it, Danielle. Okay. No, I think it does make sense. It's interesting. I'm not sure. Um, you know, I think when you're living with disability, there's a tendency for people to want you to find the good in it and for people to say, oh, you, you must have learned something from this or it must be worth the experience in the end, right? Um, and I'm not sure that I look at my childlessness and my disability in that way yet, um, but I will say that I am starting to see good things that have come from it. Um, so I, I, it's hard to say that it led me to who I am and to feeling better in myself, but I do think that the silver lining, so to speak, is that I have made these connections and I have found ways to, to love myself and to show up as myself. And I love what you said, Sarah, when you're talking about finally feeling like you can really be yourself. I think for so long for me, it was my illnesses define me. Who am I outside of that? You know, who am I outside of this massive loss of self, which is my health, which is not being able to drive or work? Where do I have an identity? And now being able to show up in a space with other childless people and 
and feel loved and be able to start loving myself has kind of led to me being, oh, I, I am more than, than my physical self. And I, I can develop more of my interest. I can start exploring who I am. And in that sense, I think I'm not sure I would have gotten there without the childlessness. And I'm not sure I would have gotten there without the health issues. So I'm grateful that I'm, that I'm here. I'm not, I'm not grateful for my childlessness yet. I'm not grateful for my health issues yet. Um, I would have liked, I would have liked the path to be different. Um, but I do really love a lot of what is here now too. Yeah. That's put it beautifully. It's kind of maybe talking about identity, Danielle. I think that's quite important that for me, my identity was a teacher. I was a teacher and I was a teacher for 22 years and incredibly proud of the fact that I worked full time as a teacher um, alongside my MS and my MS progressed along with my teaching. So when I lost my identity as a teacher in 2018 and really just became a disabled person and discovered the fact that childlessness was a thing, um, I then became a childless disabled person and had to kind of almost embrace that identity as something to be vocal about and yeah it's a complicated one because I spent so much time a being ignorant to the fact that childlessness was a thing and that was what I'd been living for 15 20 years and that I'd kind of kept going despite my disability for so long and it finally caught up with me and stopped me um so I then wrote the blog about um being a childless mother and that didn't explode in any way my blogs are not widely read but the response I got from that um made me realize that yeah okay being childless does um impact on other people as well and there is community there the disability side of it I'm still kind of out of touch with my body I feel doesn't belong to me I don't feel a connection to my body I don't like it I could do without it I'm me I'm so lucky to be um you know cognitive and verbal and all of those things so yeah so the childlessness is something that's important to me now because of the connections I've made through it and the voice it's given me to be part of something like this podcast is just amazing you know I feel really proud to be here talking with you all and yeah so it's those kind of feelings that you know, Sarah was sort of saying being in and out of boxes. I feel like I was kind of plonked into the um, disabled and childless box when I left teaching because then there was nothing to me apart from being 
disabled and childless and I've kind of embraced that and moved forwards from it, I think. So yeah, it's a it's a strange one. And I think anything like a progressive illness that you get in adulthood um is very different to something that started when you were young. Um I was thinking this morning actually that I actually live in a residential block with nine other disabled people. All of us are are in wheelchairs and the block was built entirely for people in wheelchairs. And most of them are younger than me. And I think all of them are likely to be child-free or childless, not by choice. Um, And I was thinking about World Childless Week this year and that I might put some posters up around the building because I'm sure there are people in this building that, yeah, are of an age. I think most of them probably in their 30s and are of an age where potentially they're joining the club that we don't want to be part of as well as being disabled. So there's potential for connection there. So, yeah. I don't know whether I answered the question or went off on a complete tangent there. It was really interesting. Mm -hmm. It's just so interesting to listen to that because it it does show sometimes um, how how one thing can lead to another in the most unexpected way and that that life is this really complicated journey. But yeah, putting up posters might then pick up somebody else who didn't know and then you start to to shift roller coasters doesn't it into other people being able to find the support that that you both required when you were looking for Jodie's work and for other people to talk to and to find that different that security I suppose in in a different identity again an unwelcome one I mean no one welcomes childless in and I'm sure that there's a part of this that goes on we sort of wish you didn't know each other because the other life had been very different but actually in this life we've learned different lessons to the ones that perhaps our other selves might have been living though they are sometimes difficult ones but there's a lot of empowerment I think that goes on in our community I don't know whether you did answer Sarah's question I'm going to say that you did Nina and Danielle because we've lost Sarah her wi-fi um has completely gone down and mm. she's trying to get back in so mm. she's lost everything at the moment she's lost she hasn't it's fine we've got the recording though that didn't go so we're all fine it was just her wi-fi connection has gone so but i think you did would you be comfortable if we um, asked um sorry michael carry on i was just gonna say i've been sitting here quite quietly listening to i'm on saying the obvious listening to the conversation um and I, I want to thank you both for being so courageous and being being here and and giving me. I'm talking. I'm going to talk about myself here for a little bit, not not to be rude, but I've just felt like I've had some profound experience and education from you both, and it's been. Excuse my Australian, but it's been absolutely fucking beautiful. To listen to you two so inspiring and i have a question for you both think of me as the masses think of me as the people that you want to educate about you what is the thing that you want me to know about you and that's a big question 
I think it's an important one. And I'd really like to hear what you want people to know about you. Can you all right if I go first, Danielle? I think my instant response to that is that I'm a teacher, I'm professional, I'm disabled, I'm childless, I've got an amazing family, I've got an amazing friends, I've got an amazing life. And it all fits together and a lot of it is really awful you know being very disabled and childless is rubbish but there's more to life than just that and this is an absolute example of what there is beyond the rubbishness of what there is to it there's beauty and connection and love amongst it as well so, yeah, I think that's what I'd like people to know. Yeah. Before we start, Danielle, I just want to tell Nina that that reading your blogs, um, the thing that comes to me is is courage, is strength and courage. And, um, yeah, so they're, they're the things that come to me when I read those. And so thank you. And, um, yeah, thank you for writing them. Thank you for giving me an education. So that's now your cue, Danielle, to get writing so you can educate us and me as well. So what would you like the world to know about you, Danielle? What, what would you like me to take away from this this recording? Yeah, I think um, I'll probably echo a lot of what Nina said. Um, and you always speak so brilliantly anyway, Nina. Um, I think I would also like to just say that there's this, I think there's this notion that disabled people would, would not want to have kids, you know, that they would, that that is, if you're living with illness, if you're in pain, surely that dream has died, right? I think that there's this idea of that. And I think I want people to know that that, that doesn't die easily for a lot of us. And, and it didn't, it didn't for me. And, um, some of us like myself will, will look at, I'll look at my life and I'll say, it doesn't make sense for me to have kids. It doesn't feel like a choice, but it is a little bit, um, for me to be able to say, here's everything I go through in a day. Here's what my week looks like. Here's how much care I require. I can't add more on to this. You might have someone like Nina who could say, I think I could still handle it you know, and then it'd be some other factor that she feels it prevents her from being a parent. And for that, it might be a relationship, like, like she said. And so I think that we're just so much bigger than the boxes we get put in. And, and that would be um, what I would want to say about myself is that, that I just am, I'm, I'm a bigger personality. I have more to me than than my illness and I have more to me than my childlessness. And yet both of those things are part of it and they've contributed to who I am. And um, I'm resilient, but I'm also, you know, have a soft heart and I love expressing how much I love people. And I think that I just am, um, I'm filled with gratitude most days that it's not, um, 
it's not all bleak. I'm not sitting around sad because because my life doesn't look the way I thought it would, um, especially nowadays, I think because of, because of you all, because of the opportunities I have to, to, to speak up, to share my truth, to connect with others, all of that I think has, yeah, has just enriched my life and made it so much fuller. And so I think that all of that now I get to have as a part of me too. And yeah, it's just kind of beautiful. So I think that I think I'm finally feeling like there's there's more to me than than all of the loss that I've experienced. I've I've got one more question. Thank you, Daniel. I'm a I'm a hugger, so um, <laughs> Veronique knows what's coming. Uh, are you guys huggers? Because if if I ever meet you, I just want to make sure that I do the right thing and I'm appropriate. So, do you hug? I'm a big hugger. I don't know about Nina. <laughs> I love to be hugged, and it breaks my heart that my arms don't work anymore, so I can't hug people. But I absolutely love to be hugged and would welcome a hug from you, Michael, you, Danielle, Berenice, and Sarah. I would love to be hugged i really appreciate it we'll have to make that happen thanks for listening we hope you found our conversation with danielle and nina as powerful and impactful as we did we'd love to hear from you if you'd like to find out more about this amazing topic if you'd like to find out more about our podcast or you have a great idea for a topic we've not yet covered or you just want to know a bit more about we'd love to hear from you We want this podcast to have as many voices from across our community as possible. So if something's missing or you just want a deeper dive on it, just let us know. You can find us on Facebook, Insta, Twitter and LinkedIn. You can also become a member of our brand new online community, which is a safe and inclusive space for anyone that's a member of this childless community. More details are available on our website at www.thefullstoppod.com.